Welcome to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I'm Ryan Sanderson, and I'll be your host on this journey through the world of Alberta barbecue and beyond. Hello, everybody, and Happy New Year. This is episode number 76 of the Eat More Barbecue Podcast, and is part two of the 2019 Year in Review. This week, we're going to listen back to some of my favorite moments over the past year, and I sure hope you enjoy it. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. This week's network shout-out goes out to This Is Adulting, a podcast about finding yourself in adulthood, discussing life influencers, and passing on what you've learned. Join hosts Danny and Jack for an interesting look at the greatest job in the world. Visit www.albertapodcastnetwork.com for information and links to this and all the other great shows on the network. This episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast is brought to you in part by ATB Financial. Tired of paying bank fees when you can't remember the last time you went into a branch? You spoke, ATB listened. And they've created a no-monthly fee digital account with a line of credit that makes banking work for you. By doing most of your banking digitally, you'll avoid monthly fees and get unlimited digital transactions. It's 24-7 banking at its finest. Visit atb.com today to sign up for a no-fee all-in account and discover digital banking that works for you. Part 2 of the 2019 Year in Review starts with Airdrie, Alberta realtor Matthew Carr, who has built an online community of fellow meat lovers. From episode 41, here is Matt's barbecue origin story and how the carnivore group came to be. Well, my, my first connection to food is I love it. Yeah. Um, that's the easy, the easy answer. Uh, as far as barbecue food, I've, um, I lived in the southern United States for a few years, went to school in Louisiana, Okay. Um, so big barbecue country, mm-hmm. spent some time in Texas, um, I just, it's the type of food I love. Yeah. Uh, I've always loved ribs, I remember the first great meal I had was probably when I was seven years old and it was ribs. It was an employee of my dad's, yeah. it was in our backyard, made these ribs and I absolutely loved them and so I've always loved barbecue yeah. food. Yeah. Um, and so then just in the last little bit, the, you know, I was, my wife and, and my in-laws bought me a green egg a little while ago, oh, yeah. so I was smoking some food, and then I happened to stumble across the Traeger's, yep. and, uh, which is, it's, it's a smoker, but it's it kind of like an oven too, because yep, yep. you just turn it on and you go. It's, yep. it's, um, it's a convenience factor. For very, sure. very convenient. Yep. And then from there, I just started experimenting and doing briskets and doing pulled porks and chickens and um, any you know I do, the first thing I actually did on the the Traeger was a lasagna so I oh, did nice. a smoked lasagna nice um, so a number of different things love the food uh, love the culture of the the people um, I then as uh, I started a Facebook group right and my last name is Carr C-A-R-R-E yeah and it's carnivore, yep. and I have to give credit to my father-in-law. He's the first one who said deck. carnivore, yep. sitting at a um, uh, barbecue place in Vernon okay. on our way to Wood Lake for summer vacation one year. And he's like, hey, you're a bunch of carnivores. Yep. And so car-nivore, away we went. Yep. And awesome. yeah, so then, now just um, just experimenting, playing around, and getting to know people. Like, yeah. And I love to cook. So. Yeah, and I was gonna, that was kind of my next step for me was to talk about the the carnivore group yeah. uh, you've kind of built this uh, meat community uh, amongst <laughs> the Airdrie and obviously and it's spilling into Calgary but yeah talk a little bit about all of that yeah so again it was just my father-in-law we were at a smokehouse in, in Vernon and he said you're carnivores and yeah. my wife and I started throwing the idea around yeah. 
um, of doing something with that. Yep. And so I just, uh, once I got the Traeger up and running, yep. um, Brian from Traeger, he also has the Alberta Traeger um, page. Okay. And I just said, well, let's do the carnivore page. Okay. And the first thing I tell people to do is send me their meat picks. Yep. For episode 30, I sat down with Jessica and Christopher Fasoli of Bear and the Flower Farm in Iracana, Alberta. In this clip, they talk about some of the learning processes behind fine-tuning their products and the challenges of outdoor pig farming. Yeah, I think the way it all kind of started was the first January, we had our pigs kind of ready, okay. and we sold four pigs. And we thought, what are we getting into? <laughs> we, yeah. And then you have these animals that are live and growing and eating and they're a live commodity mm -hmm. you have to sell them because yeah. what else are you going to do with them yeah so then um i started you know um approaching chefs and being mm -hmm. like hey do you want to buy like a pig or some primal cuts you know we started mm -hmm. very small and then they'd get it and be like this is horrible okay. or this is so fat. Mm -hmm. You know, if I sat around and ate bread all the time, I'd be the same. And that's the right. same as with animals. Yeah. You can't just feed them barley mm -hmm. and peas yeah. and think that that's going to, you know, get a good quality product. So as time went on, Chris and I started delving more and more and more into our product right. and became super nerdy about it. Oh, and we'll tell you all about that. Yeah. Um, but backing up a minute, also during that process, we started to realize that outdoor pig farmers didn't have a very good reputation. Okay. Yeah. Oh. You know, um, especially in the world of pork. Okay. In Alberta pork. Just the meat and, quality. And slaughter plants okay. as being flaky people, oh. people that weren't very, you know, clean with their animals. Oh. They were full of worms. Um they don't have biosecurity measures. Right. So as we started getting into that, mm -hmm. we started working closely to get our CQA. And okay. and um, so we've kind of led the industry Super. for the government of Canada. Mm -hmm. And we were the first outdoor farm to get our CQA, our federal status. Okay. So what that means is that most outdoor farms, if you're not a barn, mm -hmm. you have a border okay. of Alberta. Right. And that's all you can stay in, unless okay. you're going to ship them live over the border. We started, you know, working on biosecurity right. program for outdoor farms, mm -hmm. and um, we're piloting it with the government. Wonderful. And then now we're up to do our, our full-fledged, our CQA. Um, but it meant things like when you go to the slaughter plant, mm -hmm. don't bring that trailer home until right. you wash it. Okay, right. You know? Yeah. Um, using natural ways to deworm your pigs. When you came in, you saw yeah. we had boots before you walked yeah. into our yard. Yeah. You know, all that kind of stuff. People yeah. come here, we sign you in, we mm -hmm. sign you up. So we have like full traceability. Right. Um, just there's so many parts of it. We tarp all our straw to make sure, you know, it's, it's cleaner. Right. And um, we don't have, you know, birds and everything sitting in there and building nests. Right. So... All these little things really um, were a learning curve, and Chris and I are not just about our farm. We're for this for all outdoor farms. All we industry, should have right? the same rights mm -hmm. as barns. Yeah. In fact, I would say that my pigs are healthier. Your local ranch on the north side of Airdrie, Alberta, is a cattle operation that takes pride in being hands-on for almost the entire process, from crabbing through processing and meat sales. 
I visited with Wayne Hansen on episode 31, and in this clip, he talks about how their operation has changed over time. So, um, we were, originally we were just uh, selling our cattle commodities, so, okay. you know, we would, we were, we were a little bit more technical than the average um, commercial ranch, cattle right. ranch, and we had put in some things like our scales, so we could sell them off farms, so we could kind of control the shrink on the cattle, which okay. the shrink is, is the deduction, which... A feedlot would take okay and so you would haul them there if you were if you're going direct and, and you would take whatever shrink uh, that was lost on the truck or if we sold them through an auction mart you take them the night before they shrink overnight okay and the difference could be up to seven to ten percent okay well that which is a huge deduction on your yeah. paycheck yeah so so we we were we were trying to eliminate that kind of thing and mm-hmm. and as we go along my son and i we i've always liked the meat business and my mm-hmm. son he said well you know let's look at these numbers so he worked on these numbers in university and yeah. and it told us the more we can control of the whole spectrum from birth to plate mm-hmm. we're good then uh so what we've done is is they're they're bred at our place. They're born at our place. They're weaned. They're fed, and we lose control of them when we go to the to the plant where they're hung up for inspection. Sure. And uh, then we get control of them forty eight hours after that back into a cooler. Okay. And so we control that. We don't own the facility in which we butcher. Right. However, my wife Rhonda and I go down and actually help with the butcher. Okay. So you yeah. So you're you know almost from start to finish. You got your uh, yeah. your hands on that uh, on there yeah and uh, and so it's I mean we are really young into this They're, I'm not young <laughs> but our operation is young right. into it yeah. so yeah so we're growing we're growing at a tremendous pace and, and mm-hmm. eventually we'll have to um, solidify more parts of the vertical integration right. by owning our own butcher shop and, right. and storefront sure. that looks different than the one we have out yeah, on the farm yeah you got the little store here on the, yeah yeah awesome and you're working with a number of on the retail side of things. I'm seeing your product around uh, around a bit, so you're kind of moving into that a, a yeah, bit. Yeah, that was the first thing. The first yeah. thing that we did, the first thing that we ever sold on these is I went out uh, for dinner at the at the Hayloft in Airdrie. Okay, yeah, and uh, they did such a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. I just walked up. We we hadn't even started. We had cattle on feed, but we hadn't yeah. we hadn't butchered anything. Right, and I walked up to to Jason and Han there at the hayloft I said oh my goodness what a wonderful job you guys have done in here yeah that is one of the best meals I've ever had could I sell you some local beef (laughs) and they both said absolutely when will it be ready I said well about six eight weeks from now we can maybe do something and so that was the first thing perfect and what a wonderful partnership yeah Kevin from the sauced on beer bourbon and barbecue podcast joined me back in March on episode 34 while we were chatting over Skype, I thought it would be interesting to get his take on some of the whiskeys in my liquor cabinet. So I'm, uh, I think I mentioned, I've just kind of recently, uh, for, for years and years and years, I, I wanted to be a scotch drinker. And I, I finally came to the conclusion that I just don't really Good like scotch you. all that Good much. Good for you. Don't waste your yeah, time. So, I, uh, <laughs> no, so, so I'm slowly getting into the bourbon. Okay. Uh, so I, I've kind of gotten, you can yeah, see me yeah, there, Kevin? Uh, Kevin? Okay. So I've kind of got the bourbons I've collected over the last couple of years here. If I okay. kind of show you yeah, a couple definitely. of the bottles, kind of maybe tell me what I should be looking for in these totally. or tell me totally. about them. So you're, you're talking about Buffalo Trace. So this is kind of a... Yeah. Can you see that? Yeah. Good old Buffalo Trace right so there. So I think that's 
probably just a standard Buffalo Trace. I don't think it's anything, any special label or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, that that is a go-to bottle for me. I always have a Buffalo Trace right. on okay. the shelf. Yep. Anything particular I should be looking for when I'm tasting um, that? Lots of vanilla uh, notes on a Buffalo Trace. I mean, a Buffalo Trace is just going to be one of those bourbons you can drink it neat, you can drink it on the rocks, you can drink it in old fashioned. You can just make it yep. however you want it. A splash of water is going to turn right. it, you know, give you new taste. It's, I think it's 90 proof. Yeah, that's 45% uh, alcohol, so 90 proof bourbon. 45, it's not yep. going to give yep. you very yep. much of a burn, but it's going to it's gonna have okay. a good taste to it. Um, you're right. not going to go wrong with the Buffalo Trace. I mean, anybody that nice. asks, you know, what what's a good bourbon just to jump into? I highly recommend a Buffalo Trace. That's good. Yeah. A good, kind of a good a good starter. Yeah, for you know, for really me, me for Jack Daniels okay. was kind of my starter, and I know it's not bourbon. Tennessee whiskey, but, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, that kind of was my my starting point, my gateway drug. <laughs> <laughs> we all have those. So here's another one. Exactly. Yeah, here's one I haven't cracked yet. It's uh, a Maker's okay. Mark. So, Maker's Mark, you're going to get a weeded bourbon, um, which is different than your Buffalo Trace. Um, weeded okay. bourbon is obviously done with wheat. Buffalo Trace is done with a high corn okay. yield. Um, All right. So, and I should say, the Maker's Mark does have corn in it as well, because to be a bourbon, it's got to be 51% corn. Um, yeah. But it's got a higher okay. wheat content to it. Um, right. That's, again, another really good bottle just to have on your shelf. If you're starting to get into bourbon, it's going to be right. very different than your Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace is going to have a little okay. bit more ride to it, a little bit more of that barley heat kind of feel. The Maker's is going okay. to be a little bit sweeter. Um, yep. A Maker's cocktail is really good. You can't go wrong with those either. Um, I nice. really like a uh, Maker's Old Fashioned. Um, Okay. It's just yeah. it's so good. If you can get a hold of the Makers Forty Six, which is their private. Uh, ah, there you go. That that, that, that one right there, <laughs> and that one I that one I have been into. That and is really a enjoyed. really good one. So the Forty Six is yeah. it's a really crazy story how that one kind of came about. Um, Bill Samuels, who is the uh, son of the Samuels family that started Makers Mark, right. Um, he came up with a list of a hundred things that he wanted to do or a hundred ideas he had to make Maker's Mark, to kind of make his own impact on Maker's Mark. Uh, okay. Number 46 yep. was the one that was selected. So that's what's called Maker's 46. Okay. So, oh, perfect, uh, how yeah. Maker's 46 works is they take regular Maker's Mark, they put it, after it's done mm -hmm. aging, they put it in another barrel with different staves, um, like a French oak okay. stave, mocha stave, um, there's, I think there's five or six that they choose from, and then they put them in their uh, in a cave almost. Is actually what it is now. They dug out a side of the hill at the distillery, and they oh, have wow. it in a cave, and yep. it's like uh, fifty something degrees in that cave, and they just let those sit in there for a year or so. Mm -hmm. um, Get the uh -huh. all the different yeah. and then they bottle yeah. it. Um, you can actually do a maker's private select, which is the maker's okay. six, and they let you choose what stage you get in it. So oh, it's nice. oh, really wow. cool, very wide variety yeah. because each person that does a private select of it, they get to go down into the cave where they have a mm -hmm. lab. It's a beautiful, beautiful lab where they sit there and they just pour bottles for you. And you try and you mark what you like, wow. what flavors, and then they create a yeah. then, barrel for you of it. 
and customize. Yeah, you get your name on it, wow. and it is. I've had some really good ones. The only problem with it is, yeah. bottles here are eighty bucks U.S. So you're paying yeah, a lot so. for it, but it's it's well yeah, worth absolutely. It. Yeah, for sure. So next up, this is one I uh, I think last summer we were coming back from California, and I got this at the duty free. Okay. It's a bullet frontier whiskey, straight bourbon, Kentucky straight bourbon. Yeah, so Diageo brand, um, really good bourbon. That was actually one of the first bourbons I ever had. Um, really right. enjoyed it. Uh, it's one that I personally like to drink neat. Um, they have yeah. a ten year. They have barrel strength that are just as good. I'm not actually let me back that up. I'm not a big fan of the ten year. I think it's got to open up for a little bit of time before you can dive into it. Um, but I believe they're a little bit higher rye content. So you're going to get a little bit more heat on your palate as you're drinking it. Okay. All right. A little, yeah, a little more bite to it. And then I've got, uh, this is my second bottle of the, the okay. Woodford Reserve. I enjoyed yeah, that Yeah, beautiful well. bottles. So 90.4 proof. Um, they, they have the most, like if your listeners want to picture a Kentucky distillery, Google Woodford Reserve. Literally, it's in the middle of a okay. horse field where they train horses for the Kentucky Derby and all that. I mean, it's gorgeous. Wow. It's in these hundred plus year old limestone buildings. It's sitting on a um, giant uh, limestone quarry underground that holds all their water. Um, if you open that bottle up, Ryan, right now and take a smell of it, yeah. that is exactly yeah. how their entire Rick House is smelling. Like, anytime wow. I open up a bottle, I'm immediately, like, transported back to that. Like, it's just, it's such a strong connection. Yeah. Yeah. yeah one of those, uh, yeah. Fantastic Connect, from yeah, Jewel. Awesome. awesome. One of my favorites. Yeah. Um, okay. It All is, right. it's really good. Um, they kind of get a lot of crap because they're, like, they have three bourbons that they do. They have the Woodford, they have a double Woodford, um, and then they have the uh, rye that they do. And okay. it's it's a very a lot of so like a lot of guys that I kind of follow, they're very deep into bourbon. So they're not big wood fans anymore. Right. They're looking for the hard to get stuff, the hunting stuff, you know. So right, right. if you're just an sure. everyday drinker, that's a really good bottle. Um really smooth. Nice, yeah. yeah. No, I did yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, that's that's number two oh, for yeah. me and I did enjoy it. So here's another one. I just I just cracked this one on New Year's, okay. the Basil okay, Hayden. Okay, so Basil Hayden, uh you looking at a beam product. Um, okay. Basil Hayden. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Have you ever heard of Old Granddad whiskey? Okay, so Basil not, Hayden no. is Old Granddad. No. That's his title. Um, okay. Okay. So Alex, who I do the podcast with, loves Basil Hayden. Okay. Yeah, I, I heard you guys talk a little it. bit about it. Um, it is, it is <laughs> not your deal. No. A beautiful bottle. I mean, you're paying for the beauty mm. of that bottle. I kind of feel like, but it, it's got a lot yeah. of peppery, a lot of sweet okay. tea kind of taste to it. Um, okay. I'm not a huge fan of it. They've got that dark rye out now. They have the rye by rye. They've got a 10 year out. I mean, they're, yeah. they're really trying to change it up. A lot of guys I know really enjoy it. Just not something about it just mm-hmm. isn't a big, it's not your big fan with me. But I mean, I know a lot of people out there who that is their go to bottle. Yeah. And I see it's kind of a, low, it, a little bit of a lower yeah, proof. And yeah. I mean, it's a so. really good low. If you're just starting bourbon yeah. and you don't you don't you're yeah. really worried about that proof, that is a really good jumping off point. Right. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, 
if you're into sweet teas or any of those peppery, lemony kind of things, it's a very – I always kind of describe okay. my bourbons as seasons. I feel like it's a very spring, right. early summer kind of bourbon because it, it, it's, it's okay. something you can enjoy, you know, a shot of after you cut the grass. This episode is brought to you in part by Alberta Health Services, and they have an important message for you to hear. We ask these children if they know when to go to emergency and when there are other options. If, like, your heart stopped beating, if you were really sick, if you were super-duper hurt, you'd come. They're there to treat people that are really sick or really hurt, and they need attention right away. If you have an emergency, we're here to help. If it's not an emergency, you have options. Take control of your health. Call 811 or visit ahs.ca slash options. John Walchef is the owner of Cali Comfort Barbecue in San Diego. Along with Derek Marceau, he also hosted 100 episodes of the Behind the Smoke podcast. Listening to their shows was one of the inspirations for me to start this podcast, so it was really an honor for me to speak to him for episode 42. You can now find Sean on his new show, Digital Hospitality. So talk a little about the uh, the California barbecue scene. What's going on out there? It's it's growing for sure. It's definitely growing. You know, it's something that uh, we talk a lot about on Behind the Smoke is, uh, you know, the West Coast barbecue movement. Yep. Something that, you know, the West Coast here in California in particular, especially Southern California, we're full with transplants. So mm-hmm. it's not just... Most people weren't born in San Diego or right. Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, they typically, you know, their families moved out here or they move out here and they bring their style of barbecue with them. Yeah. So we have a lot of incredible craft barbecue restaurants that have been popping up in San Diego. Um, you know, Coops is West Texas Barbecue. They're about a mile away from our restaurant. Andy Harris does, um, he does uh, West Texas Barbecue as well. He's Grand Old Barbecue Asado. Um you know, there's just a lot of different flavor profiles that have yeah. been coming out, which is it's great because the more that people learn about low and slow barbecue, the more that they understand that once you're out, you're out. Yeah. Uh, you can't smoke. You can't smoke up more brisket right, until yeah. the next day. Yeah. And um, you know that. You know, I'd say probably five years ago, the general public didn't really understand that. That didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. And you know, a lot of craft craft barbecue restaurants it would it would upset people people yeah. would get pretty pissed when they go yeah. in and try to get some brisket and it was sold out um yeah. but i think it's it's become more mainstream at least people understand that they're getting the best of the best exactly and, and fresh uh, right? that's the way it's cooked yeah. yeah and here in uh out of the la area uh, uh, slab with uh, bert up there and uh, moose craft so lots of lots of stuff going out on the west coast there so yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, a lot of the underground scene and a lot of the craft scene, you know, you see a lot more at farmers markets yeah. and things like that. So, um, you know, I mean, even International Smoke, which is, you know, Steph Curry, who plays for the Golden State Warriors, his wife, right. you know, started um, International Smoke with, uh, um, I forget the chef's name. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're opening up locations in Texas now. You yeah. know, and it's... Uh, it's definitely it's definitely growing. I mean, even even Ray Lampy's got his own restaurant now in yeah. St. Petersburg, Florida, which is really cool to see. Yeah, so. Doctor Barbecue. Danielle Diva Q Bennett is one of the most recognizable faces in the barbecue world, and I was able to sit down with her uh, while she was in Calgary for a Traeger workshop. In this clip from episode fifty, she talks about some of the challenges she has faced being a woman in a male-dominated industry. Barbecue. Traditionally, it's been a kind of a male-dominated industry. <laughs> not, not kind of. No, it is absolutely a male <laughs> absolutely industry. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Uh, so talk about kind of some of the... It still is. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, it, it, I you think know, it's... I am one of probably less than 5% female pit masters yeah. in the world. Um, unfortunately, I, I'd love to say it's all roses and, and daisies. It isn't. It's bullshit. Um, and I'm going to be really blunt. Yeah, no, please. Because at the end of the day, if you and I were to walk into a store right now, they're going to talk to you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I might have 13 years of experience, uh, an absolute barbecue expert, which is what I am. They are always going to take a male's opinion over mine. And so it's a perpetual industry that faces a lot of challenges that way in regards to having respect of women in the industry. Um, that's actually one of the reasons I work with Traeger. Right. Um, I'm one of Traeger's pitmasters. Right. I travel around with them. I teach a lot of their classes with the other awesome pitmasters we have on our team. Right. Um, Traeger has always been, though, I think at the forefront of realizing what the real reality of barbecue is. It's not just males. Um, I get this question all the time. And, and it'd be nice to get to a point where an interview doesn't include that question. But it's always going to happen in my lifetime. It's not going to change. I think the other part is, is that um, social media, it, it's so funny, even in the social media spectrum of worlds, um, the guys get a lot more followers. Um, I don't know why that is. You know, and the funny thing is is that some of those big barbecue guys, and, and it's hilarious to me, and it's frustrating, is that I'm going through my text messages going, yeah, I'm pretty sure I just taught you how to do that because you texted me and told me you didn't know how to do it. So I just walked you through it. But because you're male and you put it up on your social media, you just got, you know, 22,000 engagements. Meanwhile, um, if you want to look back, you know, six years ago when I first posted it. Right. So that, that kind of stuff frustrates the daylights out of me. Um, that happens a lot. Uh, i got to make sure that I don't have a chip on my shoulder about it, because sometimes that can rear its ugly head. Uh, I, don't, I don't back down from anybody, though. And I think that people know my personality really well. I am not known for being a wuss, that's no. for sure. I am tougher than most. Okay. I always, like, I always like to say, you know, don't let the nails fool you. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> don't, don't let these nice, shiny red nails fool you. Yeah. Uh, I sling meat, I sling my own meat, I cut my own meat, I trim my own meat, I cook my own meat, because um, I am an actual pit master. I just happen to be female. Jamie Ailes and the Bow Valley Barbecue Team out of Canmore, Alberta, are pumping out award-winning sauces and salsas. I met up with him in Canmore for episode 54 to hear about the business. Here he talks about their product distribution and a chance meeting with someone from the entertainment world with some interesting ties to the barbecue business. And then as far as the barbecue line goes, we're listed in Savon, Sobeys, uh, Co-op, Sunterra Markets, Superstore, uh, Loblaws out east. Um, and that's it's all pretty much in every store for every one of those banners. And then there's a lot of boutique places as well. Like you can find us at Bonton Meats in Calgary, yep. uh, local meats in Leduc. Yep. Is, uh, they move a ton of product for a tiny little store. Yep. Uh, and all, a lot of mom and pop stops along the way. So our, our kind of big, big uh, opportunities that we're looking and working on this year is with Walmart and Costco. Um, Costco, we've had some talks and we're yep. working on maybe doing like a three pack or something. Okay. Uh, but right now it's pretty much everywhere other than Walmart and Costco. Awesome. And then we're wa- working on launching in the, in the California, yeah. Washington, and New York yeah. for Whole Foods uh, and a couple other chains. That's uh, be huge for you. Yeah. Um, in a weird kind of roundabout way, we were down at a food show in California a couple yeah. months ago, my, my wife and my, one of my brokers, and we actually ran into Warren G. 
Okay. Uh, the hip hop artist. Yeah. He's, he's got his yeah, he's group two one three with Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Um, he's actually Dr. Dre's brother-in-law. Oh really? Okay. Um, and he so does some barbecue stuff, right? He's got a barbecue brand called yeah. Sniffin' Griffin. Yeah. It's awesome. Like he's he's legit. Like yeah. he's had a catering company that do okay. a lot of big events and stuff. Yeah. And he takes out real serious. Yeah. So um, I had an opportunity to try his products and okay. see how he was. You know, he's actually him and his team have actually been a real help and uh, oddly enough getting us set up down there with some co-packing interactions yeah. oh, and some distribution. So yeah. one of the things we're working on with Warren and yeah. uh, maybe some of his friends is uh, is launching the Parkway. Uh, doing a Michelada mix, okay. some RTD nice. beverage. Yeah. Um, we're doing our first RTD next month with Park Distillery. Yeah. So you'll see a Parkway with Park Vodka, six oh, nice. percent Caesar. Okay. Um, it'll be in all the liquor stores in Alberta that Park sells to. Yeah. And it'll be a single serving bottle, a little, uh, right on. kind of a classic stubby bottle. Yeah. Nice. So that's our. We're gonna test the market with that, and then we're gonna look to a larger launch and. Hopefully we do something with Warren to yeah. launch the Michelada mix in the U.S. Yeah. Right on. Oh, that's uh, funny how they were things take you, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. We, we met him at, uh, <laughs> was at Morton's Steakhouse in Anaheim yeah. and he, he happened to be sitting behind us and I think we were being pretty noisy so he kept looking back and yeah. after a few drinks we went and met him for breakfast the next yeah, right day on. and the rest is kind of yeah. history. That's, uh, that's wild, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty yeah, amazing what happens sometimes. Right? Yeah. For the last clip uh, from this year in review, I'm going to leave you with Perhaps my favorite podcast-related moment of the year, when I was asked to MC the live podcast event during Grey Cup for the Two and Out CFL podcast. This clip is the brisket eating contest that I did the intro for and commentated along with Ryan Ballantyne. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. One round of completely unsanctioned brisket eating presented by the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Our three contestants will have five minutes to eat as much brisket as they can. In the event that any contestants finish their four-pound portion of brisket, the one that does it first will be declared the winner. If no contestant finishes, the winner will be determined by weighing the remaining brisket at the end of five minutes. And now, for the dozens in attendance here at Booker's and the hundreds listening via podcast, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. Live from the sold-out Booker's Barbecue Grill and Crab Shack in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, it's time! <laughs> Introducing first, she is the general manager here at Booker's and a Kansas City Barbecue Society certified barbecue judge. She stands five feet and three quarter inches tall with weight undisclosed. E- eating out of Calgary, Alberta by way of Kelowna, British Columbia. Presenting Fallon, give him heck! <laughs> Introducing next, he is an anchor on the offensive line for the hometown Calgary Stampeders and a Temple University alumni. He stands six foot three and weighs in at 348 pounds. (laughs) Six four, sorry, I took it off the website, man. (laughs) From Queens, New York, USA, number 63, Derek Bone Crusher Dennis. And lastly, back to defend his title from last year with a record of one win and zero loss. He is also the record holder in Glendon, Alberta for eating 12 pierogies in 18 seconds. He is a host of Two and Out CFL podcast 
and an on-air personality from Red Deer's Z989FM. He stands six feet tall and weighs in at the equivalent of 2,200 pierogies. <laughs> from Red Deer, Alberta, by way of Lloydminster, Saskatchewan, Canada, Travis, the pierogi prince, Kura! Oh, oh hold on here, hold on. Oh. <laughs> no, we, look, we're talking about one game on Sunday, which is important, but what we're looking at right now is, is far more That just took Mars, just bring the that, whole dog. That is half a cow. bite the back, that is, bite the back and of the cow. And that's one portion. That is one portion of this monster. Like, Last year it was yeah, how many, how fast out. can you eat like 10 pierogies? I'm done. This year, this year we've got a platter and a half of beef. <laughs> I, I did not think four pounds of brisket was going to be that much. Beard of Edmonton is a lot of meat on that tray right now. Like that's a solid seven minutes. At the uh, same time, is this what heaven is? Yeah, well, yeah, this is... <laughs> Like I'm super jealous. Huh? <laughs> so, so, jealous. Yeah. so Travis, talk about strategy here. What's your uh, yeah. what's your thought? Well, just I think you go as fast as possible before your brain knows what's happening. Yeah. And mine process oh. is pretty slow, so I might be good. Wow. I, I think before before you feel full, you just gotta power through and go yeah. as fast as you can. And yeah. now is is there a sauce coming to help that slide hey, down it, a little it? faster? Is it too late to back out now? <laughs> I just, Look, you can still Lord enjoy Jesus. what you're going to be given. You don't have to That's finish it. That's a lot it. of meat. That you is. don't have to finish yeah, it. Yeah, you don't have to finish. It's it's, it's not like... Really yeah, but see, I'm a, I'm a competitor. Oh, I got so my, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like it's only not your pride. It's not like when Bo says hot and you got lemon right in your face and you're just going to finish. Like you just put them down and that's it. You don't have to do that here. You can just I do kind of casual. I know you. I don't do. know no other way to be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, you have an appearance trouble. at uh, five o'clock. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to be talking. I'm supposed to be doing a thirty-minute Q and A after oh, this. Oh, so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, at uh, time, oh, we're ready with the sauce. There's okay, the sauce. sauce there. Sauce or no sauce, folks? Should we get the sauce described by the expert? It's gluten-free. Kansas City. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we should have the awesome. expert uh, jump on the mic and talk about the sauce yeah. that you can get down here at Booker's. Barbecue grilling crab shack. shack. Grill, barbecue grilling crab shack. It is really tough being short in this group. <laughs> um, this is our house-made Kansas City barbecue sauce. It's a traditional bold flavor, kind of smoky, kind of spicy, hands down the most popular of the three that we have on your tables right now. It is gluten-free, and it's, <laughs> and it's good. All right. Sick this looking That's a huge amount. And I think I'm going to take my belt off. Don't judge. <laughs> no, we're not allowed to judge. You're the certified judge. We're just uncertified judges. However you yeah. want to go, man. Just oh, yeah. dive yeah. in. Just dive just in. in. Alright, are we ready in. with the timer? <laughs> Alright. Three, two, one, go! Alright. Alright, so Travis dug in no sauce. Yeah, don't no sauce. Travis went no sauce. Yeah, Fallon's. Dennis is going with sauce. Fallon just also is yeah. going a side of sauce. Yeah, a little the Fallon's going doing the dip over there. Sauce on side. Sauce yeah. on side. Yeah. As as we talk about. And De Derek just kind of poured the sauce over top. See, it's interesting the difference between this year's competition and last year, of course, because last year was a speed competition. Yep. How fast can you get the pierogies down? Yep. And not only did Travis get them down and up and down, 
a couple times during that competition, he was able to win the whole thing. Yep. He also and, and wasn't he was, chewing. No, he was just yeah. swallowing the yes. whole and yeah. hoping for the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, uh, no doing that with the brisket here. No, no. And no. see, again, we've got a certified judge in the yeah. competition yeah. this year with Fallon. But the interesting thing to me on this yeah. is you've got Fallon, who is a judge, but I don't think judges eat for speed. No, no. I think judges uh, eat for quality. Taking, they eat for tenderness. Yeah, they eat for uh, taste. Yeah, barbecue they judge. They're taking, over, yeah, exactly. they're taking a bite. And, and with one minute in, one again, minute. this is a patience competition. Now, Derek, as an offensive lineman, he's a guy that goes, oh, the quarterback's paying tonight? Well, I'm ordering the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he's done here. That's what he's done here, as he's got a massive plate of brisket in front of him. But he's, he's eating it slow. He's wiping his hands with that. He's chewing. He's enjoying it. I think the problem with this, with the pierogi, it's just like kind of a doughy substance. and You can knock it back, you don't have to enjoy it. But with a Booker's it. Barbecue Grill and Crab Shack plate of brisket, it tastes too good to fire it down this the gullet. This is so quickly. good, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting a lot of this is goods, and of course Fallon's going to believe that yeah. and, and own that because this is her place. Yep. So she's going to know that this is quality barbecue because yep. you've got a certified judge yep. who's checking the quality That's of right. the beef yep. every day. Well, she was telling me yesterday she was craving brisket. She's craving she brisket. Said, yeah, yesterday she kept wanting. We are two minutes in here, folks. <laughs> No, so so Dennis Dennis is complaining now because he says that he's got bigger pieces, like he's got shavings of sides of beef, where the other guys have smaller, more consumable chunks. So I wonder if you don't dig down, maybe in the <laughs> being offered some, I think that might be considered cheating. That I don't want be. you to get disqualified, Fallon. But Travis is making his way through. Yeah, Travis, While made we're a dent. talking, Travis, yeah, Travis is made a dent over there. Or he spread it out on the tray. One of the well, yeah, you, like that old kid trick. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I finished my peas. Look, they're yeah. barely any. They're, the heap isn't there anymore. I just, I just fed my peas to the cat. Yeah. Oh, that's a good call. That's a good call. <laughs> yeah. So I'll talk about brisket a little bit really quick. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, tell brisket's us kind of the, the chest muscle of the cow. So it's a very uh, a hard muscle, not as, you know. Um, so so it, it's set up really nicely for barbecue. This is probably cooked over 15 to 16 hours, I would think. So it's a very long, slow cooking process. You've got to get it up to temperature, let those fats break down in there. And then that just makes it uh, soft as all can be to chuck down in a hurry here. So two minutes to go in the contest. Yeah. Travis is he's made Travis definitely does not have the he highest has, stack anymore. No, he's made he's a brush it. Over there. Derek looks a little nervous now. <laughs> yeah, he, he feels like he might not have a chance here. Fallon yeah. in the middle again, just oh. enjoying the big plate of brisket. Yeah. We can also say we didn't see anybody actually weigh this. No, it was true. all done backstage, yeah. so Fallon probably cheated. That's true. I I imagine Travis is cheating actually. Yeah. He, he, paid, <laughs> he paid somebody backstage. To be the boss, you allegedly, allegedly cheating. And and well, <laughs> you, when you're the champion, you can't afford to have your crown taken away from you. Yeah. So. You need to make sure that you kind of... Champion's give me, advantage. Give me that three-pound uh, on the... We are approaching one minute left here, folks. One minute. Uh, I'm really curious as to see how Travis is going to waddle around the spirit of Edmonton. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. With all of this. So we are, yeah. 50, 55 seconds left in the competition 55 here, folks. seconds. 55. Oh, hey, oh Ty's hey, mom's coming cheating. in. Ty's mom is uh, coming in. helping out Fallon. <laughs> <laughs> Some... Uh, I believe in the wrestling world they call that a run-in. <laughs> We've got uh, the run-in for Ty's mom. Yeah. 
but surprisingly a heel turn as yep. she goes to help Fallon instead of Travis, <laughs> who may actually finish this plate. Like, yeah. He's got 30 seconds 30 left, seconds and he's left. down to the last layer. Yeah. Travis is crushing this. He's not even chewing. I'm just excited that we don't have to go grocery shopping now. Yeah, well, you're not going to have to go grocery shopping for a while, if you're Travis. <laughs> Although, again... Forte, oh, here we oh, go. Oh, it looked like there might have been a reversal there right. for a second. Ten, Eight, ten oh, seconds. Nine, Eight, seven, oh, six, five, five four, three, two, one. Stop. That is it. That is the brisket eating competition. And uh, I'm not ashamed to beg for leftovers, but Travis's plate. I'll be in there. Travis's plate is pretty empty. All right, let's weigh him. But we're gonna have to do the official weigh-in. We got the scale. We scale have the scales. <laughs> we have the scales. Yeah, we're gonna put Derek's thing on it. It's gonna say six pounds still. <laughs> did the did the scales disappear? Yeah, they're coming now. They're coming back. They're coming. All right. Uh, how did it feel, How's Travis? Feeling over the there? defending there we go. champion. How did you feel? Well, I feel good, but bad. <laughs> feels good about his results. Feels yeah. good about the taste. Yeah. Feels good about everything involving the brisket. That might have been okay. the best brisket I've ever had. We are going to start with... with yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll go, we'll go left to right. Okay, start here with Derek. Somebody's left to somebody's right. Oh, we're, oh yeah, we got to zero the platter. They are all the same tray, so don't take this into the four pounds of brisket. We gotta, we gotta eliminate the tray weight, but we're not gonna do that now. It is on. Our ready official to go. weight of Derek, Derek Dennis's plate. I got the meat sweats Derek, ready. Four point three nine pounds. Four point three nine. So if this, if this empty tray does not weigh more than four. <laughs> It includes so, the tray, right? So Derek, Derek with the tray. Dennis. That's, that's with the tray. Derek Dennis is four pounds of with the tray. So Derek, uh, Derek, when he finished, he added 0. .4 pounds of brisket to his tray. That, that's a lot of sauce. <laughs> oh, yeah, the sauce wasn't weighed. The sauce wasn't yeah, weighed. Yeah, they added more weight to the tray. Fallon in at 4.065. 4.06. We have the leader. Four point zero six. She only added point zero six pounds of brisket, and Travis comes in. I think at this is our winner right here. Pounds. It's gonna be a pound. What? <laughs> Three point one seven. Our winner and defending champion, Travis, the Pierogi Prince, Kura. That is a wrap, everybody. Thank you for your time, and thank you for listening. Please be sure to subscribe to the show, and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. Hope you all had a great Christmas holiday season, and as we pass over into a new year and a new decade, I want to take a moment to wish you all the very best in 2020 and to say thank you to every one of you that has listened into the podcast over the last year and a half. I have a lot of fun bringing it to you, and I appreciate the support. Wherever you're listening from, I hope you get out and support your local barbecue joints. If you visit www.eatmorebarbecue.ca, you'll find a listing of all the great barbecue spots here in Alberta and watch for an updated version of the Alberta Barbecue Trail page coming soon. Give me a follow on Twitter at eatmorebarbecue and on Facebook and Instagram at eat underscore more underscore barbecue. 
If you have any questions or guest suggestions, please drop me an email at eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com. Thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. Till next time, folks, keep on smoking. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, and is a production of www.eatmorebarbecue.ca.